Good evening. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Wide Right Netty Light Cast. Uh, this is a uh, how do I describe this, Keeny? A buzzed episode of the Light Cast. A um, a feeling good. We're we're maybe feeling ourselves a little bit. We've all uh, we've all been enjoying this fine Tuesday evening. We've got uh, it is technically Cinco de Mayo, which is from what I understand a holiday that. Only Americans really celebrate, for the most part, outside of the people of Pueblo, Mexico. Uh, that doesn't mean, however, that uh, we can't use this as cause for um, making this podcast a little bit more entertaining. So uh, I'm your host, Cy Oscar, and, and to, to date, I've had a couple gin and tonics. I'm currently working through some beer from Exile Brewing Company. Um, hopefully, I'm the most tame uh, lion in this circus tonight, but uh, I highly doubt it. Um, then again, I won't know until we ask. So, uh, Jared Larson, what's up, man? Oh, not too much. I uh, graduate college on Saturday. Can you heckin' believe it, boys? Um, but I'm drinking some room temperature S-Toss punch. More, more on them later. And it's still good at room temperature. Room temperature? Yeah, I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> and- <laughs> the shame there. He just kind of goes, yeah, I kind of forgot about it. Uh, I mean, it's a Stoss punch. It can't be get. It can't be bad, no matter how you serve it. Um, Here, boys. Uh, drink it both at the same time. You won't. Um, in my bed, I don't. There's only certain messes that are okay in here. Oh, well, uh, I'll leave you to sort out which ones those would be. Um, Ryan, what's up, man? What's uh, what's good in the neighborhood? I think that Dylan and I actually have an excuse for why we've had a few beverages tonight because not to go ahead and brag about ourselves, but we published a piece today that both of us are very, very proud of. So I think at some point around 530 today, he and I have both started having a couple drinks just to celebrate that. I know we've discussed it, so that's kind of why we're a little uh, little enjoying life right now. Great graphic artist, by the way. And great transition to Dylan. Dylan... Uh, you know, Ryan kind of uh, explained your situation, but uh, what have you been up to this evening? Uh, yeah, just celebrating that Supreme Court of Takes piece. Shout out, Larson, for the uh, the graphic design on the cover out there. But uh, currently drinking a little Mountain Dew in Malibu. The plan was vodka Red Bull, but I didn't feel like going to get uh, Red Bull. But we're working on Mountain Dew in Malibu. Mm. That's fair. I mean... I feel I like the Mountain Dew's got it. The Mountain Dew's got enough sugar in it to keep you going for sure. Yeah, I, I I forgot to mention too. By the way, as on brand for me, um, it's just tequila and Miller Lights. So like, not to burst anyone's bubble, but I'm just sticking with the normal. Uh, what you know, I'm about. So. <laughs> okay, uh, and last but certainly not least, um, Mr. Austin Keeney is in with us tonight as well. Uh, what's, uh, what's good with you, man? Yeah. Um, quarantine has kind of encouraged the fiance and I to work on our meal prepping and, uh, mm. tacos is an easy meal that we do at least once, once every couple weeks. So tonight happened to be taco night. I figured, uh, you know, what the heck I'll make a picture of margaritas while I'm at it. So I'm enjoying a nice, uh, margarita homemade. I like are it. You uh, a, are you a blender or a, uh, or an on the rocks guy, Keeney? I'm an on the rocks guy because I don't own a blender that can accommodate. So we go a little. uh, I I do love on the rocks. So we got a little uh, frozen limeade, uh, club soda, tequila, triple sec. 
Beautiful. Mix, there it you all, go. mix it all together. That's what you got. I blended is like the most American thing American thing ever. Let's like blend up so a nice. bag of ice and serve it in like a sixty four ounce glass. Like no thank you. Um, I'm actually a I'm a fan of the terrible. I'm a fan of the blended margarita, but uh, you know, just if I'm making them at home, I don't have the capacity to do that. So blended makes for really good uh, saving for later. It is funny. If you've ever gone to like a a more authentic Mexican place or even like Malo in Des Moines does this, their margaritas are all on the rocks. Like blended margarita is and seeing the look on someone's face when they get one and they're not expecting it. They take a sip is comical. They're like, what the hell is this? Like, this is not a margarita. It's like, bitch, yes, it is. It's just not the stuff you're used to. I I will never I'm not I'm I won't I won't drink blended nah it's like drinking an alcoholic slushy I'm out I don't like it correct uh, I've had one alcoholic slushy that I liked and that was a Crown and Coke served out of an old uh, icy machine um, and that wasn't bad not eager to have it again um, all right so this evening we've got a bit of a treat uh, we've kind of got. A bunch of topics that we're going to hop around to. They're going to be random, uh, especially as hopefully we all continue to drink through this podcast as we record it. Um, But since we're kind of light on Iowa State news, Dylan and Ryan, we got to start with the article that you guys wrote. Uh, Let's pub the shit out of this for a little bit because I thought it was a great article. Well, we definitely appreciate hearing that. Um, I will let the actual uh, architect of it kind of start with it then because it wasn't even me that came up with it. Dylan, go ahead, bud. So it was basically out of necessity of, hey, we don't have any sports to write about for Ride Right Natty Light. How could we bring up when sports used to happen? And because of the epic debates I've seen in the Slack channel from everything from Breakfast Food to uh, Trey Young being a better player than Luka Doncic, I knew that we had a lot of good um, just people that Wrong. know how to argue and to make <laughs> Wrong, 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 Dylan. So, I just love one of the not to sidetrack, but one of the first one of the you know lines at the beginning of this article, I think, is just uh, whoever wrote it was waxing poetic and saying that Hampton versus UAB, as the case states, we're looking with the regular season and the roster. This was peak Hoyball and to suffer in love that describes the Fred Hoiberg era better than anything I think I've ever seen. Yeah, that, that was, wasn't me. I can't take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying that to give was, someone a layup here. Uh-oh. Yeah, that I mean, just that whole game was that is like the biggest, and it's crazy because I'm I grew up a Cubs fan, Iowa State fan, and Vikings fan, and all three of those fan bases are just known for getting kicks in the pants, like repeated over and over again. But that Iowa State UAB game is by far the most just deflating loss that I've ever experienced as a fan of any team. That one was just the ultimate just shit show. (laughs) As the old head between the two of us that wrote it, when Dylan came to me with the idea, see, the reason why we wanted to collaborate on it so much was just because Dylan and I, like, we have a a, a very big love for two things. We both are just diehard East Coast hip-hop fans, and also we love basketball. And so he... He came to me with the idea, and he was like, hey, I this would be cool. Let's do this, yada, yada, yada. And so I was like, all right, I'm in 100%. And so that was kind of why we decided to collaborate on, on it. Um, I took the Hampton aspect just because of the age thing. Um, I mean, I was 10 when that game happened. I don't remember a ton of it. I had 
to go back and like I had to read or I had to watch the Michigan State game um, beforehand um, from the year before. And so like I had all the context from the year prior, but I didn't have like that actual Hampton game to watch. So I had to kind of do like a bunch of research on it just to remind myself of like what had happened. But I mean, I still stand by what I said. The Hampton loss is way worse. There's, there's no contest. If we line the stats and the facts of the matter up in court, the Hampton loss is 10 by 10 worse than the UAB one. It just, it's just a fact. Agreed. Um, one of the worst parts about reading through that season, that, that game at Kansas State that we lost and basically gift-wrapped, um, as you mentioned, and not not just a nut shot like losing that game was just baffling um so like i i just love the way that you went into more detail besides the tournament i just thought this was really well done i think um it's okay cycling fans every now and then to maybe wallow in failure um bad things happen and you've got to move past it i, I mean the best part that- of it yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, UAB was probably the worst loss I've ever experienced in the moment because I was in school when that happened. I went to so many of those games during the 2014-2015 season, and I I drank the Kool-Aid. I, I probably had us in the Final Four at the minimum in every bracket that I filled out that year. Just painful. I uh, I was much younger in Hampton. I went ahead and looked back at the brackets. I uh, I feel like for the program, Hampton was a worse loss, but... Without a doubt, in the moment, UAB hurt me probably more than anything that's happened as an Iowa State fan. I'll never look at frosted tips the same. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's. I, I put in that article. I was because it was such. It was like a two or maybe a one o'clock tip off. It was a weird time for a basketball game to start because I was in school, and it was seventh hour. Like I mean, this is all in the article too. But I was literally taking a biology quiz and I had my phone like the watch NCAA March Madness app open on my phone. Oh, yeah. And my teacher kept coming around to make sure I wasn't cheating. I was like, I swear to God, I'm not cheating. This is <laughs> I care way more about this game right now than your biology quiz. Just like, let me do this in peace. I swear I'm not cheating. That's a really good point. This was like uh, Thursday. I, I think it was on Thursday. It was very early in the tournament. And we were coming off. Yeah. I think it was maybe the first game of the day. Was it yeah, an we eleven were, o'clock or a noon game? It, it, no, like it, it, was, it was. I'm pretty sure it was eleven o'clock. It was well, one of the earliest been, games. It was. Yeah, it was early, early, and this was coming off a Big Twelve tournament run where we, you know, Imagine. it's in the article. We had the buzz, buzzer beater against Texas, and then like yep. big, big comebacks in the semifinals and the finals. So Iowa State fans were jacked coming into this, and this was like right away, first thing that happened. Just the the worst gut punch imaginable on Thursday of the tournament. I think some of it too, like was the way that that tournament went down. Like um, you lose three games like that, like that's really hard. I mean, or not lose. Sorry, I mean you win three games like that, like that's taxing. I mean, I remember being in Kansas City, and after we, you know, we beat Texas on that buzzer beater, we went out and just absolutely obliterated ourselves because we were like, man, if if, if that's how we beat Texas. Like Oklahoma is a way better team. We're going to kill by Oklahoma. And the same thing happened again. We lucked into winning that game. So we went out and rip roared again. And we're like, there's no way we'll win the title game. And then they managed to do it like that. And the, what was it like eight comebacks in the last nine games or something like that? Uh, we all should have seen the writing on the wall, maybe a little bit, but there was so much hype in a 12 and six regular season. We were all seeing right past it. 
Also, the other thing that people forget about that tournament is it was kind of like how the Big Ten this year was this dominant conference and the Big 12 kind of had that same vibe that year. And then the Big 12 just went and just embarrassed themselves in the tournament. Baylor lost their first game. Iowa State lost right away. Yes. Someone else did. West Virginia, someone else also lost like first or second round. That was a three or a four seed. So it was just it was bad for the Big 12 overall. Yeah, so my my rationale for why the Hampton loss was worse, because I think in 2015, that was the year that Kentucky went into the Final Four without a loss and lost to Wisconsin. Duke yes. won the Final Four. That was the Jaleel Okafor, uh, Justice Winslow, that that team of one-and-dones that actually put it all together. I just, as much as I want to believe we could have done it, I don't think we would have had a whole lot for Kentucky or Wisconsin heading, no, into, the, uh, heading into the end of that tournament. Probably not, I agree. But Hampton, I mean, Hampton, uh, you know, 2001, we theoretically, Iowa State had an opportunity to make a run to at least the Elite Eight and maybe the Final Four. That's what I said. Article Agreed. was the expectation. Well, that's the expectations were come out of the season from the year prior was, I mean, yeah, Pfizer was gone, but that team still returned a ton of their talent from the year prior. And there was no reason why, you know, they shouldn't have been able to get further than what they did. That reminds me, you know, it's it's definitely wasn't as heartbreaking, but losing to Michigan State in the Elite Eight, that was just a case of bad seeding. I, th- I think everyone in the country mm-hmm. knew that that was the title game, and the title game is it not was. supposed to happen. It, that title game is not supposed to happen in the freaking Elite Eight. Right. That's exactly what we talked about on the Recycle podcast, and then even, like, kind of dove into it a little bit when I wrote that in my piece of that article. Um, but yeah, the Hampton one was way more disappointing because there were so many expectations coming into it after what had happened the year prior. And I mean, you bring back, you know, a big 12 player of the year, first team, all American or first team, all big 12. I mean, Tinsley was on another planet that entire season and looked like one of the best players in the nation. And then for him to go out there and put nine points up against Hampton, it was a holy what the fuck moment for Iowa state basketball. And Niang only had 10 points against UAB when he was yeah. uh, finished right behind Buddy in Big 12 Player of the Year. So, I mean, that was it was his junior year, not his senior year, but still Niang was one of the best big men in college basketball that year. Right. His support system, though, in that, t- in that game was really what failed him, if I'm going to yeah. be completely honest. And if my, if my, if my take is going to be completely honest about that, Morris and Jamil, which obviously we've shit on already because of the whole dye your hair thing, but – Neither one of those two showed up for that game, like yeah. Apple in any capacity. The really struggled when he should. Like UAB was, like it wasn't like, and I, I I talk about this too. It wasn't like they were a like a sexy upset pick in the first. They just weren't a good right. team. They kind of won their uh, conference title on a fluke. They were like the three seed in the tournament, and it's not like they had anything. They were the youngest team. Like that team was just straight up bad, and we got uh-huh. beat somehow. Well, like, guys. Like, like it or not, the uh, the 215 thing used to carry some weight, too. So I guess we can be thankful right. for UMBC that a 16 is beaten a 1 now. So we're not Thank on that you. list yes. of, like, yeah, yeah wor- worst <laughs> uh, worst upsets ever. Although that, that's pretty bad. But, uh, th- yeah, there is something to, like, the 15 seed. And uh, uh, it would have gone viral if viral was a thing in 2001, the moment where the coach gets picked up and the whole celebration for Hampton when they put that away. So I have a fun fact for you guys. We were favored by 17 and a half against Hampton and 13 and a half against UAB. For those of you that are into betting. 
and that's what I found. I would, I would love to give me just thirty minutes of talking to you, Stacy, about that game. I would love that. Over uh, fourteen ice cold diet cokes. Yes, I mean, yeah, just I would love to hear him just like break that whole game down. It would probably be one of the most entertaining like thirty minutes ever. I I got a feeling that wouldn't be his beverage of choice though. If we're gonna talk about uh, that one, he, he, he's sober now, so it would be because of necessity. I don't think. I mean, his right. choice would be something obviously a little bit better, but yeah, I think out of necessity, we're gonna go with the diet coke. <laughs> so well, I think the uh, I think the diet coke natty light debate is uh, is one for another time. Maybe that's the next in the series of what's better. <laughs> yes, let's we do did that. have the discussion. Well, we did have the discussion on uh, the recycle. We talked about it, and I'll get your guys' opinion. Uh, do you think he ever drank on the sidelines during a game? Um, I probably, I mean, uh, just from the rumors I've heard, I don't if know co- if anybody else, if color commentators it. and all these people do it, like I'm, I like people like working, you know, like, like Eric Heft and, uh, Gary Dolphin, if people like that can get away with it, like I guarantee mm-hmm. a coach could, as I guarantee, as- yeah. and, and Podolak's going to put away like 25 bush lights or Bud lights or whatever the hell they drink in Iowa city in the uh, Kinnick press box every game. So Ed allegedly, puts allegedly, away, allegedly, Ed Podolak yeah. used to put away 25 before 10 o'clock. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> I like how every podcast somehow is working in an allegedly line because we're like a little worried about the litigious situation yeah, of whether or not what we're saying. <laughs> Above so, all else, we're here to not get sued. So talking about <laughs> talking about these old games is a good segue to get me in to get us into the last dance and I'm yeah. going to start this with an absolute heater of a take that I know is probably going to infuriate Ryan, but um, uh, okay, I'm, I'm maybe not infuriate. Um, so there, I you know I'm not I'm 27. I remember a lot of Jordan in his next to post baseball career slash. Uh, old Jordan with the Wizards, who is still kind of balling. Um, I always knew he was super competitive, but being super competitive doesn't mean that you have to be dicks to people. And at this point in the documentary, I'm fairly convinced that Jordan was just kind of an asshole, um, especially the Tony Kukoc thing. Like uh, a, Tony Kukoc, a kid he had never met, but was just mad at Jerry Krause because he hated Jerry Krause. He convinced the entire Dream Team to just like wreck that dude, a, a person they had never met. Like, yeah, you could say that's cold blooded and like that's competitive, and it is. That's also just kind of a major dick move. He, okay, so the thing with Jordan, I think more than anything else in the entire world, is his only desire in life is to just win at anything. It doesn't matter what it is, it doesn't matter if it's a card game, it doesn't matter if it's a basketball game, it doesn't matter if, okay, so I listened to the interview with. Um, Horace Grant. He was just on part of my take on, I think it was Monday show. And Horace said, yeah, we used to bet on what color of car was going to drive down the street next. So and you talk about him and Jordan when they would do that. So like right. Jordan didn't give two single solitary shits about, um, about anything other than just winning. And that was it. And I think at a certain point it goes from being competitive to sociopathic to a point where it's just, I literally can't think about anything else than just being um, a winner and being right all the time. And it even showed that when they did that. Uh, what the fuck was that? Like uh, the penny game or that quarter yeah. game they're playing. And like 
to watch just like some nerdy ass dude with a sick ass Jerry curl, give him the shrug and beat him in some game. And then for Jordan to kind of pout off in the corner after the fact, yeah, he's, you can he's like, he's like, get back, like him, he's like, like get right back now. to your job, like go defend the arena. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he, he was so upset about losing at something as just like simple as that. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I get where you're coming from. Like, he's definitely a dick. And like, it, like, there's no argument about that. I think one of the funniest parts about like before coming into the documentary was like him saying like, I think everybody's going to hate me after this. And I was like, dude, we already knew most of this shit, you know, yeah, before no, all this, like there's, there's been plenty of books and stories written about you. Like we knew most of this, like now we're just hearing you say it. Like you're just the confirmation we wanted. You know? So, and I, I was saying that pretty uh, facetiously. Cause like, I don't, I don't really um, think that he's like an asshole and super rude person. I, I think you, you hit it. You nailed it. A hundred percent. I wanted to open this up. Personally, I thought these were probably the two best episodes to date. Um, and I, I just wanted to give a few highlights, and then I want to hear the rest of you guys' thoughts on all of it. Uh, Steve Wozniak, the guy with the Jerry curl, amazing scene. Uh, turned out that guy was so, that guy was somewhat of a legend. He was a badass narcotics cop and just all around super tough dude. So I'm glad he went viral uh, posthumously because. Uh, that was amazing footage. Um, two, I love the Stugats and that writer who wrote that book about Jordan, about, uh, like guarding Jordan or whatever it was. And then was, and then was like saying that his book was the reason like they won a title. Um, like that's a pretty big ego trip there, dude. I think it was Sam Smith or whoever was the dude who wrote that book. Um, yeah. well, Smith wrote, wrote Jordan. Jordan Jordan Rose, yeah, Jordan sorry. Yeah. I love how like they interviewed him and he's like, yeah, I think it was my book that really helped galvanize that team. Like, all right, man, pat yourself <laughs> on the back with both hands. Um, and I loved the gambling story. I love to gamble. Yeah. And like sitting where I'm sitting in 2020 where gambling's legal and stuff now, like the reaction probably wouldn't have been the same. Like I was having such a hard time figuring out why that was such a big deal. Like Jordan defended himself perfectly. Like he was clearly so unconcerned that he went in, into that interview wearing fucking sunglasses, which is just amazing. Um, that whole gambling thing was something that like I can't even see being that big of a deal in in, in like in today's day and age. I love him and his dad. Yeah, we hit AC for seven straight hours and played blackjack, and then I went back and played a title game that night. So I think love it. Uh, that. That might be the most important question coming out of these episodes is uh, knowing how how gambling is sort of accepted in society in 2020. You know, if if that story comes out, say LeBron was at a casino the night after a, a game in, you know, the conference finals, would we react the same way that we did to Jordan back in the 90s? And I'll just say that uh, I, I think these were my favorite episodes of the documentary. I really the thing I wanted to see the most out of this is how do they handle, you know, Michael Jordan, the personality, the guy who was frankly horrible to his teammates and not exactly a good guy at all, Uh, because I think we've heard all the stories. You know, we know how great he was as a player. We've heard about, you know, the shot at North Carolina, how he got himself better in high school and everything. So I'm glad that we finally got to touch on that. But what do you guys think about, you know, gambling in 2020 versus 1993? How do we feel about that? I will speak to this first, then I want Dylan to follow it up because I think he would agree with me with this. I think the difference between Jordan and LeBron is that um, Jordan does not give a single solitary fuck 
what I think, what anybody in this podcast thinks, or what anybody on Twitter, anybody in the stratosphere thinks. He could not give two shits less about whether you know he likes to gamble, about whether you know he likes to drink, about whether or not you know that he's competitive. Does not care at all. Could not matter less to him. I think LeBron, it matters a little bit more to him, how he's perceived. And so I think in what speaks to that, to my point, is I think him going to Miami and then back to Cleveland is kind of him just being like, okay, I didn't like how the public perceived what I just did, so I need to rectify it by going back to Cleveland. Whereas Jordan was like, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Like, I'm going to go play baseball for a year because I just want to go fucking play baseball. So I'm just going to go do it. And then you all can fuck off and then I'll come back later. So I think that that's the two different things like you would have to like try to compare, which is apples to oranges, because the two personalities are way too different for a compromise or for a comparison, I should say. Yeah. I don't know. Dylan, your thoughts? Yeah. The one credit I will give LeBron is literally the only spot on his record is him making such a big deal about going to Miami. The whole press conference and how he did it live on air. That's such a young guy take. I, I've got to push back on that one. <laughs> I agree with it, though. I think that's really the only nothing off the court. And even Jordan gambling, that's not a big like guys have done way worse than gamble on a night with their dad in Atlantic City. Like, I agree with Keeney. Like, why did the media? He's such and he's been with the same like married his high school sweetheart. Great dad to his kid. It's literally a spotless record. Um, and Jordan did have a few off the court things. I think they got blown out of proportion too. But um, I personally couldn't see LeBron. I know it's a hypothetical, but I couldn't see LeBron going to a casino. And if he did, people would have been on him like that night. Like it would have been trending on Twitter that he would be at that casino. Like it's just such a different, different world now. Yeah. Well, I, I know that Jordan's done worse things than go to a casino after a game. But um, you know. This is a this is a hot take culture. So if LeBron and obviously he would go viral if somebody found him in a casino in 2020 after a game, if he's you know sitting at a blackjack table for hours. But would we what would we be upset about? You know, would we would it be the gambling aspect or the fact that he's out after a game? I, I just I would I would I, I know this, I know this conversation next- will never happen, but I'd be fascinated to see what like first take looks like if we've got a grainy video on an iPhone of LeBron at a blackjack table. Okay, so so the only thing that we have in modern times to this that's... Because gambling is, I guess, something that I'll call... Even if it's legal, it's morally... Is ambiguous the right term? Like, it's just kind of depends on where you fall on the spectrum, right? Like, some people think it's fine, some people don't. socially acceptable, so. so... so the only other thing that I have that's even comparable, this story came out when I was in college in like 2012 or 13. And, and to show you how little people cared, this story got zero press. And it was about how, and I think the trend has probably continued, um, starting with social media in like 2013, NBA teams winning percentage on the road has gone up by like 35%. So essentially, home teams are losing more at home, but doing better on the road. Um, and the the reason for the change in that percentage going up essentially was p- players were saying when they went on the road, they're getting more rest now because when they would go on the road the night before games, 
they would go out to the club until four in the morning. And now they can just get girls waiting for them at their hotel or already in their room when they check in. Yeah, because it, it, it was that piece that was in uh, Sports Illustrated it, about Tinder, right? It was in Sports Illustrated, correct. Uh, yeah. That was like an actual thing that was published. Mm-hmm. Like, right. So, and there's a, there's a actually essentially proof of that, right? Like, Paul George has a child with a stripper who is based in Miami that that happened. Technically, it happened during a road trip to Miami. The well, he night- was dating uh, Rivers' daughter. Correct. The night before, the night before a heat game. So this something, I guess this is not the same thing, but it's adjacent. And I guess what I learned from that is now we, we really don't care. Back right. then, however, imagine if that story comes out in the same space as this Jordan story does with gambling. I feel like the reaction is just as big. That's what makes me think now, if that happened, if someone saw Anthony Davis at a casino the night before a game, it might blow up on Twitter a little bit. The press is not going to be hounding him. Like, I just don't no. feel like people would react that way. I feel like we'd want to know how much he was betting more than anything. Like, like if you found Absolutely. out, if, 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 yeah, if you found out LeBron was only betting like $40 a hand on blackjack, you'd be like, what a cheap fuck. What's he doing? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like, like come on, man. Betting, like, Bet yeah, something. It, it, yeah. Like, if I sat down next to a blackjack table and we were making the same bets as me and LeBron, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, man? What is this? You know, like, you would roast him for that, you know? That's not the only thing I'd roast uh, LeBron for. <laughs> Le- LeBron's uh, I'm, I'm coming home to Cleveland was a bigger farce than the uh, move to Miami. Changed my mind. You can definitely get some digs in on that cut. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I can craft an argument around that, I'm sure. Uh, I want to talk about my favorite thing that happened in the documentary this week, which was the stories about Michael Jordan playing golf. So yes. the two adjacent stories would be the how much he owed to the guy named Slim, the $57,000 check, the fantasy check, where uh, Slim was in court with his golf clubs in the court sketch, which I'm curious, did he bring his clubs to the courthouse? I read you know, how did that what happen? A, what, what a flex that is if he did. <laughs> and uh, and the sto- and when we got to see Jordan, like, hey, man, I got a tee time at 3.30, and he's driving the bus and honking the horn at Scottie Pippen to get him away from that reporter. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I Dude, does anybody love golf? Or I should say this. Does anybody love anything as much as Jordan loves golf? I do not think that it's possible. Because yeah, I, I, I think that golf might be tied with ba- – like, I don't even know if he loved basketball as much as he loved golf. Because it seems yeah. like that golf might have been his first love. Can we also it, talk I about- mean, it, it, it kind of speaks to a larger issue with Jordan. And, like, golf was one of literally the only activities that he could do without getting, like, mobbed by people. Gambling was That's another true. one because in casinos, you know, you don't get, like, big crowds around people. No, you're fairly anonymous. In fact, I was, I was watching uh, – this is going to sound lame, but sometimes when I can't sleep, I'll turn on something boring like Antiques Roadshow and uh, – this guy was at a casino at Harrah's in Vegas in like the early 90s, and Jordan just sat down and played blackjack at his table for like two hours. Do you and think he actually? Let me, well, let me ask a question. So, real quick. so when the guy went to leave, when the, when he went to leave, the guy so he, apparently he was in town for a North Carolina reunion that they played a re, an alumni game against Duke, I think, in Vegas. And this guy was like, "Hey, can I have your autograph?" So Jordan. Picks up the guy's koozie, pulls a sharpie out of his pocket, and signs the homie's koozie and hands it to him. And the de- and the dealer was like, "I guess you can take the koozie." <laughs> See, 
But my question about it, do you think actually Jordan liked like golf and gambling because of the odds of losing? Because I think he, there liked, was it. I think he liked it because he could bet he, on himself. That's fair. I can understand that. My only thing is like, did he kind of like maybe get it? I, I'm not going to make it sound like a sexual thing because that would be weird if I went to that point. But like, I think maybe he might have just been like, these are the chances I actually have to lose. And I kind of get like jazzed up a little bit about like the concept of losing. Because like as much as I love to win, I need that challenge of like there's a high potential of me getting beat. Like I think there's something weird where like he gets like very like turned from like 75 to 100 if he thinks he's going to lose. Well- it's yeah. possible. He, he could have thought that basketball, I mean, they were so good. He could have thought, I'm I'm more than likely going to win when I play a game of basketball. Right. If, I mean, uh, uh, if I gamble, I mean, I, I got house odds, and that's pretty much all I get. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt, blackjack and golf are two activities that he could do off of the basketball court where he has full control over whether he wins or not. Which, if you're a, a competition addict, as he would say, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna be involved in that as much as possible. And I know I'm not but the only you, person what? who's gonna want to play the quarter tossing game after but watching if want, that. If you want good odds in the casino, blackjack's not your table. You're better off playing craps. Gotta play craps, my man. I wonder well, yeah, how okay, so like craps and how I would be fascinated to see how Michael Jordan played craps. Uh, it's not like you're gonna see like, Jordan, like you know, on the roulette <laughs> wheel or uh, you know pulling you know pulling the slot machine. Blackjack's yeah. an activity where at least he has a little bit of control and he can throw around as much money as he wants. With, have you ever uh, played craps? I've seen some money go down on a craps. Table. I have too. Wide right, yeah. wide right, daddy light craps outing. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. down. I've seen I've seen a lot of money get tossed on a craps table. Is all I'm going to say. That pass line can get loaded real fucking quick. <laughs> yeah, I just I just know personally craps is my activity. This is my go-to if I go to the cas- or not craps. Sorry, blackjack. That's my go-to yeah. activity in the casino. So. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, obviously there's some chance involved with it, but there's a little bit of skill involved in playing blackjack too, which I think is part of the uh, intoxication of wanting to do that. Since, uh, since we're on gambling already, do you mind if I cover a few other uh, gambling adjacent topics? Well, I had one thing to say that sur- surmised Jordan's like mentality before you Go change it. The one quote that summed him up entirely was, I think it was Paxson that said it when he was like, me and um, I can't remember who the other guys he said. It was like Cartwright. It was me, Cartwright, and then like two other guys. He's like, we'd play blackjack up in the front of the plane, and we do it for like one or two bucks a hand. So one day, Jordan walks up to the front of the plane after he'd been betting like five, ten thousand playing like Blu-ray or whatever with Pippin and uh, um, Horace Grant in the back. He walks up to the front of the plane, and he looks at me. This is Pax speaking, me quoting him. And he looks at Pax, and he says, Hey, I want to play some blackjack with you guys. Pax says, yo, man, we're playing for like one or two bucks. You know, like, you don't want to play with us. Why would you want to do that? And he looked at Pax and he says, because it means I get to take your money out of your pocket. And if there's ever anything that sums up, I feel like, Michael Jordan's mentality, it's literally just taking milk money from people for no fucking reason other than he can. Like taking candy from a baby. Yeah, like. For him to just to be like, I just want to take your money and that's it. That sums him up perfectly, right? Uh, agreed. I think John Paxson might be the biggest winner of the documentary. Eh, I think he's doing a great job rehabbing 
his image. I'll say that much. He, yeah, yeah, he doesn't work for the Bulls anymore. He got a nice feature about his shot in the 93 finals. And he's just like, hey, you know, what of it? I, I'm not, I don't work for the Bulls anymore. What are you talking about? <laughs> he had a he had a couple good scenes where I feel like he's done a good job of being able to sidestep controversy. So shout out John Paxson for being able to come out looking like a hero on this. He is like the Danny Ainge is his, Danny Ainge is his like the guy she told you not to worry about, and then John Paxson is you. Man, like John okay. Paxson. I like the start of this. I don't like how this is ending now. Everyone gives Danny Ainge credit for a bunch of this stuff, and he ain't done shit. Uh, he threw okay. my Brooklyn Nets into <laughs> yeah. the curve for six years. <laughs> yeah. So my the Brooklyn Nets into the shadow zone. <laughs> Got I'm, Jason Tatum, guys, guys. Kyle I'm Kuzma. kidding. I'm kidding. Um, he had multiple titles on top of it, but it's fine. So I've, I've, I've hit, I've hit a nerve. Uh, I'm just trying to stir the pot. Oh, there's the double birds from Ryan. I'm just stirring the pot guys. Come on. Um, so, oh, everyone's helping me off. Thank you everyone. I appreciate it. Um, so there was, there was a gambling event this weekend that your boy won about $45 on. And I will admit it was the most bizarre thing I have ever gambled on. And that was the Kentucky turtle derby. Is anyone familiar with this sporting event? Is Mitch McConnell part of it? No one, no one that you won money on it. I'm a little sad I didn't participate. So the last time it was ran was in 1945 when the Kentucky Derby was canceled because of World War II. Um, there were eight contestants. And just for comedy's sake, I have to read to you who they were because these names are fucking outlandish. Um, and if you know anything about horse racing, a few of these you will find clever. Um, the runners were American Tortuga. Uh, Galapago, Sir Hides a Bunch, The Green Mamba, Seattle Slow, What the Turtleneck, Rocket to Nowhere, and Steve. Uh, out of those, <laughs> would anybody guess what the winner was? I don't know. I, I would Steve. Say Steve. Yeah, I would say Steve, Steve. just because it'd be the most funniest to win out of all of it. It, it. So the winner was actually What the Turtleneck, which is probably the worst <laughs> name of that bunch. Um, but the the most the, the hilarious part was they had this huge circle with a line drawn on it, and they put all these turtles in the middle, and the first one to crawl to the edge of the circle won. And like four of the turtles just didn't move. They just sat it, there. It's like did you bet it? From SpongeBob. Well, could you bet it like a uh, like an actual horse race? Could you do a like a trifecta and then yeah, like a I, I had a I had a I had a show bet on Steve okay. and um, a I think I it would have been uh, just a bet to win for the turtleneck. So gotcha. um, so because I bet fifteen dollars on a couple different uh, horses and I won forty four dollars and like fifty five cents for uh, what the turtleneck. So. Um, was maybe the the stupidest slash best five minutes of television I've ever watched. Oh my gosh, Jared's got the stonks meme in the background, which I appreciate. Um, so that was uh, that was my weekend in gambling. But uh, I know the group is probably excited because we will very quickly have a sport that will be televised that we can gamble on. And I've got a rundown on all of the magic that is the KBO. Are you guys ready? Give me two weeks, and I'll uh, crunch some NASCAR odds. And then I'll have something uh, for you. Very nice. I'm, I'm 100% ready for the KBO because 
I feel like that's something we need to stream is just the uh, the four of us just watching a ton of Korean baseball. So the KBO is amazing. Like the fans are ravenous, like backflips and like, I mean, backflips are like the name of the game in the KBO. Like they have some epic ones. There's a mountain of home runs. Um, probably the best part are some of these team names. Um and there's also a few mascots that are just stellar. So for those of you scoring at home, I'll give you a few teams uh, to keep an eye on. So the active clubs, we have the, the Doosan Bears, which I can only assume is a terrible run franchise that still clings to past successes from like 30 years ago. <laughs> Assault. <laughs> Assault. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. That was good. We have the... Uh, Hanwha Eagles, who I'm assuming their fans uh, aren't as rude uh, and don't pee on things like Philadelphia Eagles fans do. Um, I love how some of these about teams, Santa Claus. Some of these teams aren't even like named after. Some of these teams are just named after like uh, products, which I love. The Kia Tigers, the Kiwum Heroes, the KT Wiz, the LG Twins, yeah, as in life's good. The Lata Giants, the NC Dinos, which by the way. The NC Dinos, pull out your phone right now. Google NC Dino mascot. His name is Swole Daddy, and he's a dinosaur that looks like it's eating nothing. It's eaten nothing but creatine since the day it was born. This mascot dinosaur has like biceps that are like wider than my entire body, and it is it is the most swole dinosaur that I've ever seen. Um, And yes, Swole Daddy is an all-time name for a mascot. We have the Samsung Lions and the SK Wyverns. I'm not even really sure what that is. Um, they use it. The KBO uses a universal DH. They actually tie after 12 innings. So if that happens, gamblers, your money line wager is going to be refunded. Um, that's good news. That is, that is great. Like, news. Yeah, that's actually good news. <laughs> that is great news. There are actually yeah. a lot of uh, former MLB players. Uh, Byung-ho Park is one who played for the Minnesota Twins. And in his career with, I mean, the Twins signed him. He hit like 20 home runs but didn't pan out. He left after a year. But in Korea, the man hits like 54 home runs a season. And career, home runs in Korea, if you've never looked up highlights, those balls like leave the stadium completely. Like it is, I don't know what they hit with. It's amazing to watch. Um, I think what we so should have th- done is we all should have looked ahead of time and figured out a team that we were cheering for. I feel, well, I feel like we failed here. I mean, the Doosan Bears look pretty good. I don't. I don't know about. I, I don't know about Sam- you guys. All right, so, I'm gonna go with Samsung Lions. All right, I'll go. give you. I'll give you one sentence on all of these, and Keeney, I will make up for my earlier comment. Here's a sentence on each no. one. The Doosan Bears are the KBO's first established team, as well as the first champion in league history and the reigning champs. Um, so they are. Ooh. The Bears are very good uh, in Korea, at least. Um, Here's one of my favorite ones, the Kia Tigers. Not only do the Tigers get great gas mileage with relatively low MSRP listings, they're also the most successful team in KBO history. So, Pitch me a car. (laughs) Okay, here's a great one. The LG Twins, just like their namesake in Minnesota, the LG Twins, ouch, don't seem very interesting. Uh, Fuck off. Uh, (laughs) The Giants. I've never heard a better comparison. Oh, okay. Uh, Except for twenty, the 2019 Twins hit a lot of home runs. That was fun. 
That's fine. Yeah, they um, still got the shit kicked out of them by the Yankees. Time is a flat circle. The New York Yankees do what they do. Uh, <laughs> the Giants. The Giants are one of the KBO's original six teams and seem to be the lovable losers of the bunch. Um, Cubs? So uh, I guess if you're like a – Dylan. I don't know. If you're like a Tampa Bay Rays fan um, – no, I guess they're better than that. Um, where do we go with this? Toronto Blue Jays? Is that where is that where you go? White Sox um, maybe the Reds haven't won anything since like the 18th century. Ooh, yeah, the Reds would be a good one. Reds would be a great one. Uh, Samsung Lions have the most postseason appearances and the second most titles. So they're pretty darn good. So the basically, the uh, oh no, they'd be like the Lakers in this comparison. But I'm still gonna go with them anyway. Yes. The Hanwha Eagles, an expansion team that hasn't won a playoff series since 2007 and has only qualified once during that time. That's basically the Cincinnati Bengals of the KBO. Um, I'm assuming they just finished 500 every season. Um, ooh, from the 90s to the 2000s, their nickname was the Dynamite Bats. I actually like that quite a bit. Um, let's see. The Wyverns. So off the hit. <laughs> Wyverns. Oh, this is great. These guys were looking like the best team in the league last season, but choked down the stretch. There we go. Um, I like that a lot. So the, the Texas of the KBO, cool. So back. Here's so my, here's my ultimate question about the KBO. Yes. Why will I not bet the money line on every underdog and just take every over I can? Probably not a bad idea. This league is a lot of haves and have-nots. Um, the KT Wiz are like literally the worst team in the league since they joined. So betting against them would be a pretty good one. But otherwise, I would probably take the over. There is some good pitching, but in general, guys hit really well in this league from what I've from what I've read and what I've seen. Um, I will just really watch it for the entertainment value. It's more of a production between the crowd. If you've ever watched like Asian TV game shows, they do a lot of that same kind of stuff in between innings sometimes. Their jumbotron, you know, like animations are amazing. There's just a lot to like about uh, some of the craziness that happens in this league and the announcer calls. Just go look up KBO home run calls on YouTube and you'll be entertained. The rights to this got purchased by ESPN too, didn't they? Yes, they did. ESPN will be bringing this to you. Oh, we are going to be so ready to come this weekend. (laughs) I'm I'm ready for Tim. I'm ready for Tim Kirkton to just like know every absolutely random fact about, uh, (laughs) The so the Kia's left fielder like is Peter Gammon <laughs> gonna be over there just writing thousand word pieces on everybody in this league? Yes, I hope so. <laughs> so you you gotta be ready to stay up late to watch this though because yeah, the games are on it. The games are on like in the middle the of the night. I believe they're on at like four in the morning. That's correct. Is it really? Well, it's in South Korea, so you know oh, man. you you gotta factor in for some time zones. Fucking railroads. <laughs> Just, I, see just, I guess I kind of forgot about that. Railroads I've got the I've got the LG Twins at plus one forty five to beat the Doosan Bears. Well, I'll take a nice. Deuce right That's now, a money but... line bet right there if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Dude, this is easy. I... This is easy. You just uh, you you just place a bet and go to sleep and wake up and like, huh? I won. Sweet. <laughs> what do I tell myself? I when think I uh, actually, what's the uh, what are the chances we could get the uh, if the if we get everybody involved, um. What do you think kind of an audience we could get for us to watch a Korean baseball game if we live streamed us watching it at 4 a.m.? Do you think anybody from that's a wide right fan is going to enjoy us betting on that at 4 a.m.? Dylan, keep that face. That's a good one. Yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> I bet tens of people will watch that. Tens. Yeah. Tens. Sorry, Dylan. <laughs> Sixes and sevens of people. <laughs> 
I mean, I, it's worth investigating. If there are people who are interested in us gambling on baseball at 4 a.m., I'll get up for it. That's all I'm saying. I definitely people that are interested, I'm there for the crowd. Are yeah, the games so. televised in English, or the commentators also Korean? God damn it, I hope it's in Korean. I would actually prefer I would actually prefer Korean at this point. Is Dan Dockage on the call? Is this what Dan Dockage does now? Is he commentate <laughs> Korean baseball games? I mean if he's not uh, if he's not shit posting on Twitter about how he guarded Michael Jordan one time. <laughs> if you okay. rearrange the letters in his name, it spells out a dick hand. So whenever somebody says Dan Dockage, I'm like, huh, a dick hand. Yeah, Dockage. Do, does Dan Dockage do anything but shit post? No, he's, he's a he is a big name search guy on Twitter. If you do oh, a huge not. name search huge. guy. Uh, we know. <laughs> oh, we Dan Dockage sure. needs to hop on the podcast. I'd love to chop it up with Dan one time. I don't even right I don't even want to talk to him. I I'm tweeting him. Dylan he'd be a nice, be a nice guy for the pod, but I have no Dan interest in talking to him. <laughs> but I want him to be tagged. Hey, hey Dan Dockage, how was it when you got fired by Indiana for being a terrible coach? <laughs> that's a one question interview <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all that needs to be said <laughs> so that's our that's our 90 seconds on Dan Dockage who just took yep. an absolute beating <laughs> yeah I'll make it a 120 because he's a big Luca Garza guy so that's how you know he would alienate our entire audience <laughs> <laughs> the fewest downloads in Lightcast history is the okay, Dan Dockage Okay, but I mean, kinda, take your okay, but he kind of has a hot daughter, though. Have we talked about this? I mean, so does Hornacek. Hornacek? I'm horny. Can't say that. Let's <laughs> put a pin in that. Yeah, we're yeah, that we're that's slippery slope. I have to edit this part out. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Shout out, Mrs. Nelson. I hope the baby's doing well. Baby's yeah. doing. Mrs. Coon. Baby's doing great. Um, Unreal. I'm gonna list this like, oh my god. Are we gonna post this? Is this actually gonna run? Li- Are we gonna run this? Oh, this will be posted, no doubt. Is this oh, the good. worst episode ever, or the best? Oh, uh, by far one of the most entertaining. Um, what else do do we have? Anything else? Are we gonna? Con- I mean, if we're gonna continue to get ourselves in trouble here, we may want to shut this down before too long. So I'll see what uh, what else we want to talk about. Uh, there I'm was supposed to be. Some sort there of wasn't news. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of threw that agenda away after I had this, the third beer. Um, <laughs> you should throw it away once once you know that I'm on. Yeah, yeah that's, very, that's very true, Jared. You have off 30 seconds cuff, you want to do, Dill? Off the cuff, can I do a movie minute where you guys guess if I've seen it or not? Because I kind of got a good one here. It's not a movie. I want to throw that in before. I... It's a TV show, but. Um, so anyways, it was, it's the number one thing on Netflix right now, trending on Twitter for like most of this weekend, it's called Outer Banks. And it's basically like a bunch of 25 year olds are acting as high school kids as per usual in like high school movies or high school TV shows. It's like a bunch of 25 year old actors acting like they're 16 years old, which is always a weird dynamic. But, um, anyways, it's about them trying to find buried treasure in like a modern day it's like supposed to happen right now um and it's literally just a bunch of dumb hot teenagers trying to find buried treasure and that's really the only plot there is to it 
Um, there's kind of a weird, like, uh, I forget the play, but it's like the, uh, oh, East Side Story? South Side Story? I know what you're on about. West Side Story. You're about West two side directions story. away from West getting there. West the Side Story. Jets. Yeah, there's only, only four directions I could have gone with there. But West Side Story, how it's like the sharks and the whoever. And the like last how time anyone was afraid, the last time anyone was afraid of jets in New York. Ah, he did it. And it's basically it's like something weird like that. Well, like there's a very obvious two class distinction, and that's kind of a feud. I don't know. The writing is terrible, but yeah. And so you did see it, is what you're trying to say. I've seen one episode. The rest I've seen from, or I, the rest I've heard from friends. Is this scripted or reality TV? Scripted. Yeah, but it would have been better as reality, I think, because if you threw I... in a bunch of a, like, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I we need a reality show back in our lives. We do. Little... The Bachelor, the Listen to Your Heart sucks. It's terrible. It's goddamn near unwatchable. <laughs> None of those people are good at singing. The drama is like a C overall. I'm not invested at all. Okay, it but sucks. Love Island, Love Island. What's that on? Uh, I, I don't know what Cody Co and Co stream it on, but uh, it's some British fuckery because it's a British. Yeah, what Levi went on about for twenty minutes on here one time. Well, I never. <laughs> that was it's one on of Hulu. the craziest highways I've ever heard. Hulu, Hulu, yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay, it might have been that Levi but, went on a a terror play scorched earth just <laughs> rains about some reality show I've never heard of. When Our God Emperor movie? editor absolutely yes. just went flame status on it. Speaking of God Emperors, Kim Jong Un, who's back of the week, apparently he's alive. So <laughs> fake fake news. He's big dead. You're big dead. That might be the next Supreme Court of takes. Is he alive or dead? <laughs> just me and Dylan arguing whether or not he's alive. <laughs> no, every other sentence, no. Yes, no. Okay, <laughs> here's one for the Korean Baseball League. In the World Series, Kim Jong-un like, is revealed and he's alive. And then cut to the... like He presents the World Series championship. What if North yeah, could, college football? Could we get a prop bet on Kim Jong-un showing up at a KBO game? Is that listed on a bookie anywhere? I would love to take odds on that. <laughs> I feel like Keeney's looking right now. That seems like okay. a... <laughs> I've got one more thing while, while we're here, because this is worth about two minutes that it's going to get coverage of tonight, and another time maybe we can go more in depth. The uh, name, likeness, uh, name, likeness, and whatever the I stands for, the new NCAA bill, where uh, players are going to be allowed to take endorsements from businesses. So I want to know, we'll, we'll send this around the pod. What uh, local establishment would you be sponsored by if you were a college athlete? I got mine in Taco Bell. I have kept the Taco Bell and Ames in business the past three years, and if they didn't sponsor me, I'd be personally offended. Man, it's, it must be three years without a solid poop sounds like a long time to go. <laughs> Just straight fucking like a duck shit just fucking diarrhea <laughs> my stomach is made out of iron at this point there's nothing that it. can mess <laughs> my stomach up you can train I, you can train yourself no doubt uh i think jared uh, would be i think next? i think jared would be sponsored by either newspapers.com or estas but i'm gonna go ahead and let him take that from here 
So, uh, first of all, got to show the drip. Nice. Thank this you. Is a, yeah, this is a pod, not a video. You can't but, see it, but, but please. <laughs> you guys get to see the drip. Respect the drip, Karen. Anywho. He's, he's wearing a Taco Bell sweatshirt for anybody at home. Um, but anyways, I'd probably be sponsored by uh, newspapers.com. But locally, Chester's Coins and Gifts. Because it's, I like Main Street. I spent lots of time there as a kid. And I know the owner who passed a couple years ago. And I miss going there because of quarantine. And they used to have a really good dog. But yeah, probably Estos too. Because <laughs> y'all know that punch Uh, mine would be the uh, Bucky's gas station that is located a half mile from my apartment. Shout out Roger, who constantly hooks me up with free coffee every time I'm in there. Literally mm-hmm. just nice. charges me for nothing more than my chewing tobacco like six out of the ten times I go in there. So big shouts, Roger, for all the free coffee you've hooked me up with. Is that Bucky's, as in the, the beaver gas station with the, the squirrel mascot that's the uh, all over Texas? No, no, it's Bucky's like B U uh, C K Y S, just Bucky's gas station. It's just it's a normal's Bucky's dude. Roger, my man, right there, hooking me up with free coffee all the time. You're my dude. Uh, I know what mine would be, and I hope this doesn't say anything about uh, um, what I like to do in college, but um, mine would probably be. Uh, just sponsored by AJ himself by Ben Ben Singh. He uh, owned AJ's, his two liquor stores, the enough several bars on campus town. Um, he actually, my older brother had a house right across from his store, uh, his senior year, and I actually got to know Ben pretty well. Um, Facebook friends even, and Ben is actually. Very nice, very intelligent, speaks a couple different languages. He is a good businessman, and uh, I feel like Ben would uh, be kind enough to sponsor me. So not thrilled that I'd probably be sponsored by a liquor store, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Was that always the name of the liquor store that was right down the street on – shit, where was that at? I can't think of the name of the road. AJ's was right across the street from Outlaw's. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, right okay, yeah. So that was always the name, but yeah, okay, yeah. Yep, yep, you're right. Yeah, no, I remember yes, making sir. a couple of that. He got Mickey's yeah. in December. Yep. I don't know anyone I don't know that anyone's had a bad interaction with that guy. He's a stand he's a pretty stand up dude. Shout out to their uh Grey Goose prices because multiple bottles of vodka are just over a few beaches right. over a few beaches in my life. Yeah. All right. I feel like my sponsorship would uh now in my life I would say probably Sporkle. Because I do, uh, I do enjoy some Sporkle Life <laughs> trivia once a week. Very nice. At uh, the 300 Craft and Rooftop downtown in Des Moines. I hope you guys open up real soon. Uh, when I was in college, my ideal sponsor would have been either Pizza Pit or Welch App Station or a combination of both. I thought of, I almost went with that too, Keeney. That was that place was high up on my list. No one said. No one said Fighting Burrito. He's gone. Matthew. Not yep. Oh, when Matt was there, probably. Or sorry, no, no, it was still there. It was still there when I was there. Mister, I was more of a Mister Burrito guy though, because I hated myself. Ooh, I was a Mister Burrito guy too. What? Uh, How was that? You know, you're thinking about Mister Burrito. You might be thinking about Fajita Man, but uh, Mister Burrito, the kind of hole in the wall place. Once you get down Lincoln Way, I lived for that. So if it was still open, I guess I I, let me change my vote. Mickey's probably would have been my sponsor. 
uh, free popcorn. I had a good friend who worked there. Spent a lot of time there on Wednesdays and on. They had a great, uh, great patio on Fridays. That that was kind of before the patio scene really opened up. So now mine would be oh gosh, Lowe's. The amount of time I've spent in Lowe's over the past year or so, buying a house and doing all the crap that I have. I two different Lowe's. The one in West Des Moines and Ames. I feel like I know every single employee who works in that damn store. So Lowe's would definitely be my current sponsor. Oh no, list. If I would, if, if I would have had to pick an Ames sponsor, my Ames sponsor would have been Thumbs. And if you don't know anything uh, about thumbs, I'm just gonna leave it there. Like, if I had to pick an aim sponsor, it would have been thumbs. The only yeah. time I was dangerously intoxicated, I stumbled into thumbs. Thumbled. <laughs> thumbled. It wasn't a good time for me, so it gets a down. You couldn't beat their tall boy prices, and it wasn't uncommon to go in there and there to be as many dogs as people. Oh yeah. That that shout happened. Out, Shout out KO. Last time I was in Thumbs, me and KO. Pictures of gin and tonics. Y'all Very nice. KO. So I do have a question. Where would where would Brock Purdy and his mullet? Like, what's the first sponsorship? Brock, I am not just sponsorship. I'm picturing you're watching your TV and all of a sudden here's Brock Purdy and his mullet. Stop it for something on an advertisement. What? Who is that company going to be? Supercuts. It's got to be a car dealership, right? Ooh, haircut. Supercuts. I like that. Supercuts. No, Campus Town Cuts. What about like a what about like a Jeep dealership where the commercial is just like music playing and like the wind blowing through Brock Purdy's mullet? It would be it, no if he was driving anything, it'd be a Ford Taurus with like a sunroof. Oh, perfect. That's right. <laughs> that would be that's his car commercial. I mean, because, I mean it's, I, it's, it's not gotta, a shot at Brock Purdy. It's just an economical thing. Yeah, I'm gonna picture Brock on like a on a combine or a tractor or something, and then just the Sukup logo, <laughs> and that's your advertisement. <laughs> Steve in the background, just fucking, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking, but Steve in the background, just being very excited. How about that? (laughs) All right. Uh, That was really the last big thing that I had, guys. Uh, Anything else before we wrap this, wrap this up? And uh, I guess I say go to bed, but uh, knowing how much we've been carrying on, that's maybe not next up on our agenda. I know personally, I've probably got some video games I need to get to pay some attention to, but uh, that's yet to be determined. I just want to shout out uh, a Stoss Bar and Grill, the best bar on whatever street it's on, and Welch Ave Station, the best bar on Welch Avenue. Uh, Yeah, so... Sauce Bar and Grill, we were hopefully, guys, I guess I'm, I'm not in the loop. Do we have an updated time for the Wide Right 10-year celebration? Nothing yet? We don't, but we do know that it's on Stanton Avenue, 216. Uh, it is. That's Well, thank you. Um, to their- so I'm, I'm sure at some point when we can, when we can go back out in public, we, uh, we definitely will, and we will do that at a Sauce Bar and Grill. So stay tuned for that. Um, the longer they keep postponing this, uh, the bigger the party it becomes, at least in my book. Um, you'll... Uh, You'll definitely not want to miss that one. That uh, when we finally are allowed to to get to congregate in groups and consume uh, adult beverages. Um, yes, Austin, thank you so much for bringing that up. Very thankful to Estas Bar and Grill for tolerating our shenanigans and for sticking by us uh, for quite some time now. So uh, we're excited for fall to get here. The way things are sounding, it sounds like we'll be able to have students on campus and and football uh, in a somewhat normal time frame. So. Uh, with that bit of good news uh, and a shout out to Estas Bar and Grill, we're going to go ahead and wrap this podcast up. Uh, gentlemen, thank you all for being here. Pleasure. 
until, it was a good uh, time. Yeah, it was. Next week will be great because we'll be uh, putting a bow on the last dance, which Ryan, I have heard the last two episodes are some of the best two of the series. So uh, you have that to look forward to, plus uh, much more random shenanigans. And if Jared joins the podcast, uh, we never we won't really know what we're going to talk about. So you have that to look forward to. Uh, for all of us here at the Lightcast, thanks for checking it out. Peace.